Hello, welcome to Political Talk, the podcast where we want the truth, need the truth, and desperately seek the truth. For far too long, we've been led astray by news organizations that push their own agenda. The only agenda here is our agenda, the people's agenda. If you're tired of being told what to think, who to hate, then join me on this journey. Shall we begin? Fifteen votes. Fifteen votes. Kevin McCarthy became the speaker. He got the gavel. He got something he has wanted his whole entire life, or his whole entire life that he's been in Congress. He made the concessions. He made the deals, and he became Speaker of the House. To be honest, I didn't think it would happen. I thought that the right would revolt and not allow him to become Speaker. See, I, I, I thought about it. I said to myself, if I was in Congress and I saw that Kevin McCarthy was struggling to become Speaker, I would say to myself, this is your shot. And instead, if you watched the procedure, you saw people stand up and they said, I nominate this person, I nominate this person. I would stand up and nominate myself. Because I, I feel like I feel like the caucus is fractured. And I feel like what we saw was just the beginning. It was the beginning of the fracture. Now people say, no, 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 Mark. <clears throat> that was just not the beginning, but that's everything. We had to get through that to get to the part of where we are now. I say to myself, okay, but how are you going to get the votes when you have to make the to take the tough votes? We're going to see what we saw the first week of the 118 Congress. We're going to see a Republican Party talk but not want to govern. They live in this world where government doesn't work and they want to make sure it doesn't work, want to work. They don't want to compromise. And we have a leader of the, of the Republican caucus of the House of Representatives who does not want to compromise because he's being held by six people. He had to cut deals. Think about it. He had to cut deals for a job he's always wanted. If I wanted to be speaker and it was my time to ascend, I would not cut deals. I would not give away the store because guess what? Why? We're in the majority. We won. Let's show the American people we can govern. But the American people saw chaos. They saw chaos last week. 15 votes. That hasn't happened since 18, the 1850s. 1850s that we had to wait for a speaker. Can you imagine family members just sitting there? It had to be embarrassing. And Kevin McCarthy had to sit there and take it. Because he could not get six people on board. Now he made concessions. He sold the store. He made himself, in my opinion, the weakest speaker we will ever see. Now, we're in the second week of the new Congress. And yes, things have been smooth this week. 
but it's only a matter of time. You could say this is the calm before the storm. There is no job on this planet that would make me sell my soul for. Chaos. Chaos. I look at the Republicans and I say, why? The Republican Party is better at obstructing things than governing. Now, I hate to say that, but we are seeing that maybe it's true. We're getting a glimpse of what could go on when we have to pass, must pass bills. We're going to see a party unravel. We're going to see a party look to the left because they're going to need those votes. You know, the Republican Party feels like they've got the momentum on their side. They feel like they have this, this what do you call this? Um, they feel like the American people wanted them in power, not realizing that they are only in power by the skin of their fucking teeth. And they only control one house. One house. So tell me again where this power lies. You have a speaker who's weak. You have a right flank who has ascended. It has to be amazing. It has to be amazing. The Republican Party has showed the world that maybe giving them the gavel wasn't the best thing. And what have we seen this week? We've seen messaging bills. We've seen messaging bills. We haven't seen legislation that affects the American people. You know, that is my one caveat that I fucking hate. Messaging bills. The left does it. The right does it. They pass these bills in the House and they pat themselves on the back knowing that these bills will not become law. You've just wasted your time and the American people's time. For what? For a bill that you can run on in two years? Why not sit down with the Senate and pass a bill that will actually pass and help the American people? You ran on inflation. You ran on crime. And you have yet to pass a bill that will fix those issues. You know why? Because no, they don't have a plan. They never had a plan. They just talked about it. They didn't have a solution. They just pointed the problem out. They have to figure it out. They're, they're, they're setting up committees to look at the FBI, abolish the IRS. Why? Because what? The IRS, the FBI went after a Republican? So it's okay when they go after Democrats, we pat them on the back. But the moment they come after us, they're wrong. They're wrong. We have to abolish the FBI because, for God forbid, they come after a Republican. I don't care what party you hold. If you've done the crime, you must pay the time. You must, if you've done, if you, if you, if you have done the crime, God forbid you have to do the time. If Trump is innocent, as you say he is, let the investigation go forward. But if you try to stymie the investigation, 
because you want to save his hide, his ass. What are you showing the American people? That being an ex-president, being a politician, you are above the law. And that's what the American people are tired of. If you look at the results of the last midterm election, the American people voted a Congress. They didn't give one party full control. They gave them just enough control. That should tell you that the American people want the Republicans and the Democrats to sit down at the table and work together. As we start this new year, let's stop with the messaging bills. Let's actually pass things that will what? Fix or help cure inflation. Put the American people back to work. Pass bills that will stymie, stymie me the upcoming recession. Let's pass bills that will put money in small businesses' pockets. Tax breaks for the middle class. Fix the homelessness issue in this country. Pass an immigration bill that truly solves the problem and not hide behind an executive order that is past its fucking prime. You know what I'm talking about, Title 42. Know why the Republicans applaud Title 42? Because it allows them not to take a vote, not to take a vote, not to take a stand, so they can sit on the sidelines and yell, yell. Why do we support that? Why would you want your congressman? Why would you want your senator? Not to show the fucking guts, not to show the balls. We paid them a good wage. Let's them, let's force them to do their job. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to get better in this country. We need if if it comes to it, maybe we need to look at the leaders we're electing. And truly see, are you for the American people? Are you for yourselves? We are at a critical point in this country. And we have to figure it out. The Republicans ran on inflation and crime. Yet not one bill they have passed this week tackles the issue. Isn't that amazing? If inflation and crime were the two biggest issues that you ran on, that you shoved down our throats, don't you think we would see a bill? Will you force Schumer's hand in the Senate to bring it to the floor? Yet you pass messaging bills that you can show your base. See, we did something. See, we did something. Oh, we passed this. Let's give ourselves a pat on the back. Yeah, you passed it in the House, but it still has to get through the Senate. So technically, you didn't do shit. You didn't do your job. But you still want to be paid. You still want the accolades. You still want to show your party that, hey, we're doing something. But you're not working for the American people. You're only working for your base. Work for the people that didn't vote for you. Show them. Hey, next time, put give us more people. Give us more people. At this point, 
I wonder why we should elect more Republicans. Some people say it would water down the crazies. Maybe it would. But what I'm seeing are the crazies have, have ascended and have more power than the moderates. Messaging bills. Vote for us. 15 votes. What have we got for our money? We got a House. We got a, a Congress. We got a Senate. That's not working for the American people. They're working for themselves. They're working for their constituents. I've said it over and over. They don't give a shit about us. They only care about us on election night, on election time. And after the elections are over, after the crowds have gone, after the news media has shut their cameras off and they go back to their studios, congressmen turn their backs on us because they don't need us anymore. The election's over. They've gotten our votes. They've lied to us enough. Aren't you tired of this? Aren't you tired of being lied to? Don't you want a Congress that actually works? That truly sits down? Wouldn't it be nice this week if Kevin McCarthy or Steve Scalise sat down with Jeffries and said, let's pass a bill together in the House that truly tackles these tough issues? You get something, I get something. But at the end of the day, we might not be happy when we pass a bill that truly will land on the president's desk. But if we don't force a Congress to do that, if we, we, we turn our backs and we don't force their hand to work together, we get what we get. And the next year on election, another election year, when they're crying and they're bitching and they're saying, elect us, we can say, what did you actually do? What did you actually achieve? Well, we, we passed this in the House. We, we passed this bill in the House. We got this done in the House. Okay, you got it done in the House, but what did the president actually sign? What bills did you, you put into legislation? I mean, the School of Rock showed us about a bill. It didn't say all they have to do is pass a bill in the House and it lands on the president's desk. It said you have to get it through the Senate. You have to negotiate. It's not my way or the highway. Politics is the idea of the possible, of the big ideas, of getting things done, of working for the American people. We pay you a fair wage. Shouldn't you do your job? That's all we ask. Is it too hard to sit down with the left? Is it too hard to sit down with the right? Maybe it is. Maybe we're so dug in to our sides. I sit on the right, you sit on the left. There's some people who claim, where are the independents? Are they truly independents? Are, are people just cloaking themselves in that identity because they're tired of the left? They're tired of the right. So they call themselves independents when secretly they are a Democrat and they're a Republican. But they call them in their, they call themselves independents because guess what? They actually want to see stuff get done. Do you know Democrats won independence in this last midterm election? Unheard of. 
unheard of. The American people gave us a message. Work together. Work together. They are tired of the left. They are tired of the right. They're tired of politicians going to Washington. And all they want to do is fundraise, is tweet, and is to make fun of the other side. Where are the workhorses? They're tired of the fucking show horses. It's fun to be a show horse, but maybe try being a workhorse. I elected you to do a job. I didn't elect you to tweet. I elected you to get results done. The other day I went grocery shopping and my God, have you seen the prices? Inflation is out of control. How can a family survive of what's going on right now in America? But if you looked at what's going on and the people that we elect to solve these tough issues, you would think what they passed this week they're so detached from reality. That's the issue. We're down here, and they're up there. They don't understand us. They, we, we're too far apart. How many of you know what it's like to go to the gas station and have to budget right there? What do I got to pay? Do I, can I afford to pay this bill? How do I get to work? It's like you're doing an equation in your head. Can I pay the rent? Can I, can I buy food? Can I buy medicine? Ladies and gentlemen, we are in a new year. And we're still facing these same problems. And we have a Congress that refuses to solve them. They told us they would. They told us they would, but what are we seeing? We're seeing payback. We gotta get we gotta get payback for how what they did to Trump. We need to investigate Biden. We need to look at Hunter. No, 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 we're not looking at Hunter. We're, we're looking at Biden. I look at the Republicans, and don't get me wrong, we need oversight. A president needs oversight. Every president needs to be looked at. But the question I give to the Republicans, you allowed Trump to do things that many presidents you wouldn't allow before that didn't do. Trump said the standard where he, to me, he made Congress look inept. He made Congress look like, why do you even exist? So now that you have Biden, I'm not saying Biden should do what Trump did. I'm, I'm saying maybe Biden should follow the old rules, but don't get mad if he follows the new norm that the man you allowed to do things do. Because I would ask you, Congressman so-and-so, you claim that Biden is stumbling, he's, he's stymieing your uh, investigation, but in uh, 2000, so in, in 2000, when Trump was president, you said nothing about when Trump stymied the investigation. Congressman so-and-so, uh, Trump said this was presidential harassment when the Democrats did it to him. Would you say this is presidential harassment when you Republicans are doing it to him? You said nothing then. Why are you saying something now? 
You see, this is what the American people hate, the hypocrisy. And all they're seeing is what? The hypocrisy. You know, it's okay when my guy does it, but it's bad when your guy does it. I'm going to hold his feet to the fire, but I'm not going to say nothing about my guy. You can't have it both ways. No, you can't have it fucking both ways. If you were okay with it, then you got to be okay with it now. I'm tired of the hypocrisy. I just want the results. You pointed out the problem, but this week, not one damn bill to solve the inflation issue, the crime issue. Fucking rent has skyrocketed issue. Children are going to bed hungry. Parents are struggling to get to work to put gas in their car. Yet we have a Congress that all they want to do is pass messaging bills. My God, we just got done with the election. What message do you need to pass? Because the messages that you were running on didn't give you that fucking red wave you told us about. It got you a red whimper. Ladies and gentlemen, look at the Congress. What have they done? We need a Congress that's going to work for the American people. All the American people. Not just their base. just their base. Aren't you tired? Aren't you tired of struggling? Think about it. Congressman knocks on your door. Vote for uh, so-and-so. We're with so-and-so's campaign. Vote for so-and-so. Why? Why do I need to vote for so-and-so? Oh, he's the best person for the job over over this person. Okay, uh, what's what's his plan on inflation? Oh, he's got this great plan on inflation. Okay, how come he passed the messaging bill his first week if inflation was so important to him? Uh, why? What what's his take on crime? Well, he's got this great idea on crime. Well, why did he not pass a crime bill to tackle the crime issue? Well, you know, the Republican Democrats, well, if that's the case, why wouldn't he sit down with the left and negotiate and get a true crime bill through the Senate? Well, that's not, you say it's not that easy. That's why we sent you to Congress. That's why we sent you to Washington. Nothing's easy, but it has to get done. If, if congressman can't do the job because he thinks it's hard, maybe we need to elect the next guy to get it done. And then if that guy can't get it done, maybe we need to appoint the, the next guy. You know, when Congress people say, well, it's too hard, we didn't send you to Congress because it was easy. We gave you the job because we knew it was hard. You know, when Trump told us he alone could get it done, 
He could pass bills. He could work. He was this great negotiator. But even he realized he couldn't. He realized it's hard to govern. You see, it's easy to run and tell us everything that you want we that we want to hear. It's hard to truly tackle those issues because you're you're walking this tightrope. You're walking this tightrope because you know if you work with the other side, you're going to get primary. So it's easy to stay in your lane, pass messaging bills, call out the other side, and do nothing. You know, it's that, it's that, it's that, it's that, it's that fucking can. It's that can of Campbell's soup. That can of Campbell's soup that we keep kicking down the fucking, fucking road. Instead of picking the can up, opening it, and fixing the problem. Know why we don't want to fix the problem? Because if we fix the problem, what would we run on? What would we run on? What would we tell the American people? Know what would you tell the American people? That government can work. That government can get things done. That maybe, just maybe, the other side, as bad as they are, they can still help us and, and work with us. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a new year. Don't get me wrong. The president needs to be looked at. What he has done needs oversight. Every president needs oversight. You know. But if you're so dead set on investigating because you feel like you have to get payback of because of the last four years, you're not you're gonna be blinded to the American people on their issues. Inflation won't get fixed. Crime will still be a problem. Homelessness will run rampant and be a problem. Rent prices will still soar. The middle class will slowly start shrinking, shrinking away. The rich will get richer. The, the wealth gap in this nation will get wider. The rich will get richer. The poor will get poorer. And people will still struggle because all you cared about was investigating. Investigating. The one thing about investigating is you could overpromise. We're going to impeach Trump. We're going to get Trump kicked out of office. Nothing happened. He was impeached twice, but nothing happened. We're going to get Hillary Clinton, Benghazi, Benghazi, Benghazi. Nothing happened. Investigation. It exonerated her. That's the problem. Both sides do it. They overpromise and underdeliver. And you just demoralize your side because you swear to them. 
that you're going to solve this issue that somebody on the fringe of the left or somebody on the fringe of the right told you there was. Well, actually, there isn't. Maybe you need to be an adult and say, bring me the facts. Don't bring me the has or there was. Bring me the facts. You know why people don't want the facts? Because it's easy to run on, you know, myths, conspiracies. Because you can get on Fox News. You can get on MSNBC. But if you bring the facts and you tell people, well, it was wrong, but it isn't a crime and it can't be proven in court. What? I know how hard that is to believe. You know why? Because facts matter. You can't convict people. You can't go after people because you don't like them. So in having investigations to look for something there isn't, you've overpromised and you're going to underdeliver. Now don't get me wrong, do I feel like Joe Biden did something wrong? He might have. But the question I ask to the Republicans are, what happens when you don't find anything? What happens when Hunter's laptop is a moot point? What do you do then? You know, I look at the Hunter laptop issue and I say to myself, the Republican Party is opening themselves up to the next Republican president who has kids being investigated. I think president's family, unless they truly do a crime, should be off limits. Because I feel like if you go after the president's family, now you're, <laughs> you're not playing politics. You're playing dirty politics. And you're going over the line. Do I feel like Hunter did some wrong? Maybe. But do I feel like it's illegal? Eh, I don't feel that. I don't feel that way. I don't feel that way because I look at what he did and I say to myself, I see someone who traded on their name for a job. Now, the America I live in, many people have done it. They have traded on their name. They have traded on their connections for a job. We, we, how many people do we know or we run into and we say, how did you get this job? And what do they tell us? You know, my, he knew my dad. Oh, they knew my mom. Connections. So we look at Hunter Biden. We're, we're constantly saying, how could he work a job he wasn't qualified for? Know how? His last name was Biden. His dad was the vice president. People offered him a job because guess what? They wanted the connection. Was it wrong? Yes and no. But it was unethical. But at the same time, the money that he was being offered, you can't tell me you would have not taken that job too. We have people who act all high and mighty. But if someone came to you and said, your last name is Smith, your dad is a speaker of the House of West Virginia, we want to hire you for this coal mine to be a vice president, 
We know you have no experience and we're going to pay you 10 grand a month. You're telling me you would turn that down? Hell no, you would not. You would take the job. But you would know in your head, at least I would hope you would know, that they're only offering you the job because who your dad is. Hunter did what any American would do. Now, maybe he did some stuff unethical. Did he live the righteous path? No. But show me one person in this country who is holier than thou. What's that that saying, that biblical saying, because we have so many people who are Christians on the right? He, without sin, throw the first stone. I'm not saying Hunter's perfect, but I, but he did what any American would do. He took a job that paid well. He was an addict. He had issues. Who doesn't? But he's overcome that, at least I hope. You know, I've said it over and over. His one brother was in, you could, I mean, the way I look at Hunter in Bo's situation, Bo, Bo was the apple of his father's eye. And Hunter was the son that looked up to his older brother. And he probably saw how much his dad loved Bo, how much attention Bo got, the successes that Bo was making. And he said, I've got to do something with my life because I want my dad to look at me that way and be proud of me that way. And so he took this job that he wasn't qualified for. And he started making some good money. And he probably felt important because he sat on a board. And he probably said, Dad, look at me. I've overcome, but look at me. Look what I'm doing. Did he have demons? Yes. Did he indulge in those demons? Yes. But you can't tell me. You don't have someone in your family who has struggled with addiction, who has done things that are unsavory, but guess what? They're still your family, and you would defend them to the ends of the earth. But it doesn't matter. Because in your eyes, Hunter was wrong. He should have took that job he wasn't qualified for. He should have took that money. It was unethical. It was. He should have just sat there and struggled and lived in his brother's shadow and had to suffer. We call ourselves this Christian nation. But when it comes to that, we're less than Christian. Was, Bo, was, was Hunter perfect? No. Did he do what he did? Was it ethical? Yes. Was he qualified? No but he traded on his name. And I know many people who have traded on their name, who have traded on their connection, who have networked to get a job they weren't qualified for, but they got it. And the America I live in, it's not a big deal because the life I live, it doesn't affect me. But somehow Hunter's laptop affects some people.
And so you have a Republican Congress who's going to do their best to try to pinpoint the dots to connect Hunter to, to uh, Joe to show how unsavory it is. And the one person they have as their star witness is Bobolinsky, whose only talk to conservative media, who has not talked to mainstream media. And they're going to, which I hope they don't, they're going to use him in Congress as their sole witness when they start the investigation. But the problem I see that they're going to have, this guy's only talked to conservative media. So he hasn't faced pushback. He hasn't faced <coughs> criticism. So what are you going to do when the Democrats start asking him tough questions? When they start trying to find holes in his story and he starts stumbling? You have set Bobolinsky up to fail because you've only put him on Fox. You haven't allowed him to go on CNN. You haven't allowed him to go on MSNBC. You haven't allowed him to sit down with the other three networks because you're keeping him in this box, this, this cyclone that these people are watching, and they're being fed this about Hunter and the big guy and the 10%. And they're hoping that when, when Bobolinsky, the star witness, sits down in front of Congress, when he sits down in front of Congress and he talks to the American people and the Republicans, you know, parry what he says. The problem they're going to have is when Democrats start asking tough questions and they truly... <laughs> They truly give it to him. You have set this man up to fail. Because the question will be, can he stand the heat? It's easy to go on a network where people love you and they throw you softballs and they allow you to paint the narrative. But it's so hard when people look at your narrative and they say, well, what about this? Well, what about that? And trust me, the moment he starts to stumble, they got him. And the Republicans' star witness won't be a star anymore. He'll be an afterthought. And all they'll have is a laptop. That could be questioned. You know, is it authentic? It's been proven to be authentic. But that's not enough to go after a sitting president to impeach him. You need more. You need more. And if you don't have the dots and the laptop is all about Hunter, you've overpromised and you've underdelivered and you've wasted the American people's time because you didn't solve the issues that you told us you were going to solve. You just you just fed into the narrative. Of, of the fringe, of the conspiracy theorists, and not the independents, not the American people. Because if you truly ask the American people, 
How much do you care about Hunter Biden? They would tell you. They don't. Hunter Biden's an afterthought. He's the president's son. Show me where he did wrong. Well, he, he got a job he wasn't qualified for. I could point to 10 people who got jobs they weren't qualified for, but it doesn't affect, it doesn't mean he, he did anything illegal. They ran on inflation and crime. And they have shown us they don't care about it. All they care about is investigating the president. Because Kevin McCarthy said this in 2016. We're going to investigate Benghazi to hurt Hillary Clinton's numbers. He let the cat out of the bag. They're going to investigate Joe Biden to hurt his numbers and allow the Republican candidate to win. I hope, with all hope, that the American people are smarter than this, that they're not led astray on a conspiracy theory, on a made-up idea, and not a core principle. Because if you impeach, truly impeach a president, you need facts. You truly need facts. You don't need conspiracy theories. You need facts. The biggest thing, story before I forget, and I know people are saying, well, why aren't you talking about this, is the document issue. Classified documents. Now, we all know about Trump and his Mar-a-Lago and his classified documents. And we know how the Republicans came out to defend Trump. Some were quiet, but they didn't say much. They, they let the wagons go around Trump to defend him. And even the president came out and he questioned it. The other day, well, this week, come to find out Joe Biden had classified documents. Joe Biden had classified documents. They found him in his office. And so I said to myself, wow, well, this isn't good. But, and, and I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. Okay, they found classified documents. Okay, well, come to find out they had found classified another batch of classified documents, this time in the garage. Oh, man. I can give you the benefit of the doubt with one, but can I give you the benefit of the doubt another time? Now you're asking for too much. So quickly you saw Republicans jump up, demand a special prosecutor. Demand to see results. And Democrats were quiet. The question I ask, and the one word I'm going to say with this is hypocrisy. I think if you thought Joe, if you thought Trump was wrong, you have to think what Joe Biden did was wrong. And if you thought what Trump did was 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 right and he shouldn't be prosecuted. Well, you have to give Joe Biden the same courtesy. Because you can't have it both ways. I think what both they I think what both men did was wrong. And I remember reading the other day that there was growing calls for a special prosecutor. And I said to myself, 
there's no way there's going to be a special prosecutor. Well, lo and behold, today, Mayor Garland did something I did not think he would do. He appointed a special prosecutor over the classified documents. I think it shows a White House that is wanting to get ahead of this and not show that the president is hiding something. Because if I look, well, if I remember the Trump administration, there is no way, there is no way he would have allowed this to happen. And the quickly people want to make, you know, uh, this is the same. What's different about Joe Biden's classified documents is this. Joe Biden, when he when his lawyer found the documents, they made the right calls and they quickly turned them over. Trump, he was subpoenaed. Well, he was asked nicely. nicely. He was subpoenaed for a year. And he did nothing. And when the FBI finally, finally came knocking at his door, he's been fighting like tooth and nail to get his documents back. So you have somebody who was willingly, willing to turn their stuff over. And then you have somebody who did not. To me, they're not the same. But it shows the, it shows where you have the rank and file willing to defend their leader no matter what. Now, I think if you hold, you know, classified documents and you don't turn them in, something needs to be done. I don't think you should get a pass. Because I think it was just as wrong as when Trump did it. It's wrong now that Biden has done it. And I, I, I think I look at the Democrats and I say, you know, if I was Joe, I would tell them, hold your fire. Let the investigation play out. Because if Democrats start coming out now and attacking the legitimacy of this investigation, they open themselves up cross-examination on the media when they say, well, you are defending Biden and calling out this prosecutor. But when Trump did it, I think I got myself confused. You were called, when Trump did it, you said he was wrong. So tell me, Senator, tell me, Congressman, what's the difference? And watch them stutter. Watch them stumble. Because they're so dug in at this point. I have to defend my leader at all costs. Now, if it was me, if it was me, well, Senator Henderson, what do you think about this? Well, as much as I like the president, I think he's doing a good job. I think him holding documents at his private residence is troubling. And I'm happy to see that the attorney general has appointed a special prosecutor to look into this. But I would caution my party to hold their powder and let the investigation play out. Because we need to get to the facts. We need to make sure that 
this was a, this was not done well <laughs> I'm trying to say this wasn't let me say a Freudian slip this was not done by someone trying to hide something from the American people this was done by mistake I said the same thing when Trump did it and I say the same thing now consistency consistency that's what the american people want and so for trump to call out and say well when's the fbi going to uh ransack biden's place he opens himself up because he's saying that what biden did was wrong but my documents were right now it's quick to say that and i and i always would thought this when trump said my documents were I declassified them, but there was no paper trail to show us that he declassified them. He just wanted us to trust him. So I look at what Biden did and I say, Mr. President, how can we trust you when you were vice president? Never had before has a vice president taking uh, papers back to his residence. It throws into question. And for seven years, these papers sat at your home. They weren't secure. Anybody could have got them. The secrets could have been out there. But you were quick to criticize Trump, but now you remain silent. Mr. President, you can't have it both ways. And the Democrats can't have it both ways. And the Republicans can't have it both ways. I say let the investigation play out. Let the facts come out. Let us truly see if you were wrong or it was a simple mistake. Because then maybe we can look at what happened with Trump and we can look at what happened with Biden and maybe we have to, you know, when a president or a vice president leaves, we set up new rules, we set up new guidelines, we look at the procedure, and we do it in a way that's going to make it better so this doesn't happen again. You know, when a president gets ready to leave the White House, when a vice president gets ready to leave the residence, we grab all their papers and we do a thorough inspection to make sure we got all their paperwork. And we look in all their boxes to make sure they're not hiding anything. And when they leave and we feel like we're missing something, we call them right away and we make it known. And we don't say it nicely. We demand. Because guess what? You're no longer the president. You're a civilian. You're no better than me or you. So I think we should look at this. This is a great moment to truly, truly, truly come up with a new law to make things better. <laughs> make things better. Well, ladies and gentlemen, before I leave tonight, I want to talk about the purge. Now you say, what? Let's see. Let me get my thing here. On January 1st, 2023, Illinois will take its place in history when they become the first state to test the purge. So basically, Illinois is doing a no-cash bail system. 
And uh, I'm taking it from the AP, so I'm going to read this. Uh, so this is the claim that's been going out. Suspects facing serious charges, including secondary murder, kidnapping, robbery, burglary, burglary, and arson will no longer be held in custody until trial under a new first-in-the-nation Illinois law establishing cash bill statewide. AP's assessment, that's false. Judge in Illinois will still have discretion in order to sus for order suspect for these and other serious crimes held in jail pending trial or if they're deemed a threat to public safety or a flight risk. But the new Ludol, the, the new law does does impose higher standards to meet those conditions. The credits will basically it's going to make it harder to detain people. So the problem, I think, with this law is you're having social media uh, posts and conservative news outlets have been taking aim at Illinois' Pre-Trial Fairness Act, which is scheduled to take effect January 1st. You know, so the post lists a range of violent crimes. They will be considered non-detainable, include second-degree murder, kidnapping, robbery, burglary, arson, and threatening public officials. The post also includes higher... Dire warnings that Chicago and Illinois uh, communities will soon to basically chaos. You know, I don't see why the left is so big on no cash bail. I, I see where, you know, there was an issue where you had people who couldn't afford a simple, you know, a $500 payment to bail out. So it left them in jail. So you saw that issue, but what you're seeing now is you're seeing a party shift so far to the left, so far to the left, that now they're making us think that maybe we need bail. Now, don't get me wrong. I think if it was me writing this bill, I think you give the judge and the prosecutor discretion, but you know, you see what the member can pay. And then you go to the judge and say, well, your honor, you know, this crime is serious. And I think it should be based off the crime. This crime is serious. But the member said he can only pay this. So determining on the crime and what the guy, the guy can pay determines what the judge gives him. And then sometimes in that case, you know, the judge says, no, you're staying in jail. But if it's simple, it's a simple shoplifting we'll let you out. But if it's, you know, arson, burglary, or you killed somebody, by all means, hell no. But I, I think we have to get it, I think the Democrats have to get it right because I think what the American people are seeing is a fringe on the left push for this that the results aren't going to be good. You are going to arrest criminals and allow them to go back on the streets and, and, and possibly commit the same crime. And then what's the story going to be? Well, man raped woman, but he was let out of jail 24 hours, 48 hours ago for being arrested on rape or being arrested on statutory rape or being arrested on arson. And so he burnt another building down. You're just opening yourself up for criticism. 
Like I said, the issue with bail was an issue. And it forced poor people to stay in jail longer than they should have. But instead of looking at the issue, tweaking it on the edges, and finding a, a true solution, we swung too far to the left. Now we put everybody at risk. We've said the victim should pay and the criminals, basically the criminals are the new victims and the victims are the criminals. I think if you do the crime, you got to pay the time, do the time. I don't think you should, you deserve a break. I think that maybe you should deserve help if you can't afford the bail, but I think it should be based off what you can pay. And so that's what I would do. But you have this new law in Chicago where now it's an all at hands brawl. And now you're allowing the city to delve deeper into chaos. And so you have a Democratic governor and a Democratic legislator, legislatures, sit there with their chefs poked out like they did something. But you didn't. You just made the problem worse. Because you listened to the fringe of your party say there was an issue. There was an issue. But you listened to the fringe of your party say, well, this is how you should fix the issue. And you fixed it how they wanted, instead of truly sitting back, studying the issue, and coming up with a plan, a solution that works for both sides, not just one. Because when you truly focus on one side, you fuck. You, basically, you're screwing the other side over, and that's what the American people don't like. We got to get better. I know it's. I know that's hard. I know it doesn't sound right, but could you imagine if we got better? If we looked at the no cash bail system and we based it off what you could afford, where we looked, we we made the question is how would you do that? And I'm thinking, would you look at would you have to look at someone's taxes? Would you have to see, you know, their bank account? You know, I know it wouldn't be easy, but you basically give a judge discretion to determine that you know put the hand put the power back in the judge's hands not the legislature's hands because like i said if you do the crime you got to do the time nobody wants to do that ladies and gentlemen thank you so much tonight it's been a great pleasure to be back like i said we have to sit at the table we have to talk we spend so much time talking past each other I'm tired of it. I'm tired of talking past each other. I'm tired of talking in a foreign language where people can't understand me. We have to talk to each other. We have to listen to each other. That's the problem with our politicians. We don't, they don't listen. They refuse to listen. They just want to talk to us. And then every four, every four, every two years, they say, hey, I hear you. No, you don't. Because if you truly hear, heard me, if you truly understood what I'm going through, you would be working on these issues. But you're not. Both parties are, are guilty of it. And who know who pays? The American people pay. We pay. And I'm tired of paying. 
Illinois' new law, it sucks. It doesn't solve the problem, it just makes it worse. The Congress this week showed us that they don't really want to solve the issues. They just want to pass messaging bills. I'm tired of messaging bills. I want to pass bills that can actually become law. It's not, e it's not easy. It's hard. But that's why we put you there. Because you told us you could do the hard job. Ladies and gentlemen, let's keep fighting. Good night.